The Brendan O'Connor Show on RTE Radio 1 with All Care Pharmacy. Discover a team that's always here to support you at All Care, taking care of communities across Ireland. To get a, to get a sense of... Um of just the, the the mood and the feeling at those vigils. I'm joined now by Ellen O'Malley Dunlop and Ellen has been CEO of the Rape Crisis Centre and of course former chairperson of the National Women's Council as well. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning, Brendan. Uh, Ellen, you were at that vigil in the one in Dublin yesterday. Can, can you give people who haven't made it to any of the vigils, give a sense of what it was like and the, and the mood and the meaning of it? Well, the, the grief uh, and the sorrow and the sadness for Ashling was, was palpable yesterday. And uh, you probably know I had the honour of singing Eleanor McAvoy's Beautiful Woman's Heart. And there's nothing like music to bring people together. And there was such a sense of solidarity yesterday. Now, I've felt that solidarity in the past with women. But yesterday... In the sadness, the solidarity was men and women together. And really, I think that is the way forward. This is about us being together and working together to to address this terrible uh, blight in our society. And um, I would urge our male politicians to support Helen McEntee and all that she's doing okay. to and, make the changes. OK, and, and just if we leave the politics out of it for, for a moment. And Ellen, you've, you've been down this road a, a long time and we've been here before with these moments and everything, but I'm sensing from you that you felt something has changed here, something was different this time with the involvement the, the, of men, do you? Yeah, this was this was this was bigger than anything I've ever experienced was before. It? As I say, it was palpable yesterday. That sense of solidarity and togetherness, and it wasn't. And afterwards, you know, in terms of the contacts that I've had with people from all over the world, because people were watching the vigils uh, being streamed online, and uh, there was this, you know, sense of this has to stop. Enough is enough and we will be together. And, you know, good men, I mean, I'm the mother of four sons and I have a husband and I know good men. And together, together, we will we will definitely make the culture change that's needed. And this is about culture change. I mean, we were able to do it with smoking. We were able to do it with drinking and driving. We need to do it now in terms of eliminating this terrible violence that is in our society. And you, so you're, are you more yesterday, optimistic than you've than you've ever been in your in your long career of of uh, working in this area? Absolutely, I've never experienced anything like this okay. before, Brendan. And uh, it, uh, you know, it, it's. It's awful to say something, you know, something so horrendous as yeah. Ashling's death. I mean, she can't die in vain, nor can all those other women who have been murdered in such terrible circumstances. They can't have died in vain. And I just feel now we, people are getting it. They're getting it that this has to stop. And the only way to do it is for us all to work together. And, uh, you know, from the smallest, from the education through, right through from preschool, right, we need to teach respect and uh, from preschool right through and and then to our policies. They need to be 
properly in place. So, but everybody working together. This okay. was, I tell you, it was palpable yesterday, Brendan. Okay. And I am hopeful in this terrible sorrow. Okay, Elna Manley Dunlop, thank you very much. Uh, I'm joined now by Orla Muldoon, Professor of Psychology at the University of Limerick. Good morning, Orla. Good morning, Brendan. Thank you for giving this an airing. Not not at all, of course. Um, Orla, um, I think you cut to the heart of something that I think a lot of men were quietly thinking this, if, 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 uh, if we're to be honest about what a lot of men were thinking, that this is nothing to do with them or the men they know, that this is a one-off kind of outlier event and everything. You wrote a very powerful piece in the Irish Times and your, po- your point is in the headline, femicide is not due to bad men acting alone. This is a spectrum you're saying and this is something that builds from, from, from more minor stuff. Yes, yes, I... Uh, And I would say that we need to change the way we're talking about all of this. Um, I think we're inclined to talk about violence against women. And I'd like us to to start talking about men's violent behaviour, whether it's men's violence against men or men's violence against women. Because we make it a, you know, is it men are, no, it's not all men, no, it's about gender. You know, because we go that road, we don't look at the source of the problem. The violence in our society is disproportionately caused by men. That doesn't mean that I don't like men. It doesn't mean that I'm having a go at men. It means that I'm trying to name the problem. And tell me about the spectrum then, about the notion that this is not an outlier event, but the culmination and the result of of a lot of other lower level things. So in psychology, we talk about, or in criminology too, people talk about criminal careers. Um, and there's generally taught to be two, two sorts of trajectories. One is in adolescence that people get involved in, in poor behaviour, often boys and girls, but perhaps more boys than girls. Um, and then there's a second group that sort of don't grow out of it. Not that I'm saying that I'm condoning adolescence and social behaviour, but there is a group that doesn't grow out of it. And one of the working theories is that the reason they don't grow out of it is because it isn't nipped in the bud. That it is, it, they eff- effectively realise that they're enjoying the antisocial behaviour and nobody steps in to stop us. Um, and there are, we have ways of doing things in this country that facilitate particularly men's poor behaviour. Um, and men's poor behaviour in particular towards women um, around things like street harassment, sexual violence, low-level sexual violence that can become much more vicious, um, sexual assault and rape or even murder. So we have to start thinking about those sort of criminal careers, if you like. And do you think that we don't take the early stages, if you will, the, 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 if you want to call it the lower level harassment and everything, that we're not taking that seriously enough and nipping it in the bud? I think there's two issues going on there. I think one is that we're not taking it seriously enough so that we get lots of instances and there's lots and lots of data to show that in our schools that boys are harassing girls and sometimes even um, kind of forms of sexual harassment. So, you know, it is going on in our schools, but we're not addressing it in mm. our schools. Um, you know, boys will be boys. Oh, you know, the, the, I'm not sure we can do anything about that. Uh, you know, are you sure you didn't misinterpret them? So, you know, it is, it is back on. You know, what did you do to 
prompt that? What, what, you know, why did he say that to you? So rather than, you know, focusing on what the behaviour is or, or having a, a, a no-tolerance approach to that kind of behaviour, um, it's allowed a sort of role. So that would be the first problem. And I think then the second problem is because we don't connect the lower level with the higher level and because there's so much of the lower level thing, there, men, when they see it, and indeed women, sometimes don't understand what they're seeing. They think that maybe they're looking at just the fat. They don't necessarily understand that they need to intervene. Um, so, you know, because we downplay it, um, the, the, it allows people who have much more vicious intentions to sort of be passed off as, oh, there's nothing to see here. Um, can we go back to, you mentioned that, that we need to be careful around language. And I think at the mm. same time, we want to be careful about about well-meaning people uh, who, you know, are, are kind of, um, they're, they're trying to do and say the right thing. But, mm. for example, there's been a lot of commentary about how Ashling was just going for a run. Mm. And and I think a lot of people now starting to say, well, that's actually a problematic way of, of, of looking at this. Mm. Well, yes, I think it it is, because are we saying that people who are doing something else, women who are doing something else, maybe going for a drink, would it be okay to be violent towards them? Or indeed, a student who told me yesterday that she went out for a pint of milk and a man pulled up in a car and rolled down the window and told her she was asking for trouble to be out at at nine o'clock at night. I mean, this language is hugely important. So he thought he was being helpful, but she perceived yeah. that as both offensive and threatening. Yeah, OK. So we all, we, we all need to be careful and, and think a bit harder than we're thinking, maybe, about, about the things we say. Um, well, like, on, what we're doing in yeah. that example is we're placing the attention back onto the behaviour yeah. of the woman. So it isn't the behaviour of the woman that's the problem. So yeah. I think we've had a little bit of chat about do we need another savvy report? Well, I think what we need is some research where we ask men, how have they behaved? How much violence have you shown towards women? Have you catcalled? Have you heckled? How, you know, there's data coming out of the UK saying 10% of men admit to this type of behaviour. Yeah. And in, in terms of, so that brings us to the idea of there's, there's a lot of, it's kind of easy talk in a way that we need to change the culture around this. But of course, mm. culture is made up of, um, of specific actions, specific attitudes, and to change a culture is a very complex thing. What can we do to change the culture? Well, I think we could probably change some things that are kind of the worst of us. Um, one of the things I think that is, for me, uh, you know, that I think represents the worst of us is when we allow men to do character witnesses for other men in cases of, of sexual violence. There's absolutely no possibility that another man can understand how that man interacts with women. So therefore, saying he was a great footballer or he was a great lad altogether is, is you know, from the mouth of another man, is completely irrelevant. Does so that I think still go on, Orla? Ah, yeah, sure. There was a case of it where it was in the, in the papers, certainly in the last year. Yeah. So I think that's the worst of us. We could get rid of some of the worst practices we have. Um, And I think that we have initiatives, like there's a speaking out initiative going on across universities where people are being asked to report their their experiences of of harassment. 
And I think that we need to move beyond that kind of rhetoric of let's collect data and see if there's a problem. We know there's a problem. You know, so let's move beyond rhetoric, uh, rhetoric of zero tolerance and say introduce in schools that if a boy is uh, sexually uh, harassing a girl, um, for instance, they lose some valued behaviour in the same way as we, um, a valued activity, in the same way we, you know, don't allow our children to go out. So we could say, and I think there is issues around sport and we need to be paying attention to that. We could say, for instance, that you won't be allowed to play sport for the next five matches. Um, so there are ways of dealing with it if we, if we want to take it seriously. But we need to go beyond the rhetoric of zero tolerance. Okay. Okay, so specific actions that actually uh, people get sanctions to say to them, this is not acceptable. Yeah, well, like when COVID came along, we did an awful lot of, uh, you know, giving young people fines, um, you know, if they were partying. Why, Why is it totally impossible to report low level instances like this and have them taken seriously um, with the police? You know, mostly they're logged in a book. We could be cautioning, we could be uh, sanctioning young men if they make lewd sexual comments um, towards women as they run down the street. Orla, I'm not sure if you have thoughts on this, but there's a text here from Teresa, and I think a lot of people are starting to think, is this not a big part of the problem here and how young men are being socialised? She asks, how can we tackle the harm pornography is doing to the attitude of young men towards women? Yeah, and I think there is a there is a big debate around that, and I think that is probably one of the changes um, that has happened. But to say I think that pornography is really at the heart of it, and to blame pornography takes away from the fact that an awful lot of poor behaviour is happening around us every day. Okay. But I, I, I do agree it's part of the puzzle and I do agree that there's all sorts of issues about people sending pictures and taking pictures of people and using... Uh, and, and I suppose the last point I would make is that there's power dynamics here. Um, there, it isn't just men who are violent uh, and, and shame women. Are, um, women also do it. Um, and that's why they're just going for the run and the language is important. Um, so, I, you know, I think there's multiple dimensions to this, including the issue of pornography. But I guess I'd like to start with the, the street violence and the street okay. harassment and, okay. and the removal of that. OK, Professor Orlan Muldoon, thank you very much. We'll take a break. Brendan O'Connor on RTE Radio 1.